Hey there, neighbor. Welcome to Good Life News, a weekly podcast where we talk about ideas, living the abundant Christian life, and God's wonderful, wonderful love. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Fenton, an old farm kid, Bible student, preacher of grace, husband of one, father of two, papa for five, and really just another pilgrim headed for home. I'm so glad you've clicked in to join me on this journey today. Let's walk together for a few minutes and see what we can discover on the way to the kingdom. Are you ready? Let's go! Greetings once again, friends. This is episode 15 of the podcast. The title of this week's episode is, What Are Your Motives? Have you ever asked yourself, why do I do what I do anyway? I think that's kind of important to know. What is it that drives our decisions? In today's episode, I want to explore a few sometimes obvious, sometimes not so obvious underlying factors that drive our ideas, our attitudes, our decisions, relationships, and even our accomplishments. So why do we feel a sense of great accomplishment when we reach some goals and feel disappointed or even deflated with others? What might be a guiding star for living the kind of life God wants us to live? Could knowing that really make a difference in our level of satisfaction as Christians? Let's think about that for a few minutes. There's a fascinating story in the Old Testament book of Joshua. This incident takes place after the campaigns to conquer the Promised Land have been mostly completed. Previously, two and a half tribes of the Israelites had chosen lands east of the Jordan River for their permanent settlements, but before they could settle down to business of daily life, Joshua required the men of those tribes to accompany Israel's armies crossing the Jordan so they could help secure the rest of the land for the nation. And Joshua promised them that when the task was finished, they could then return to their families east of the river. So when their work was done, the men from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh headed home. However, before they crossed the Jordan, they stopped to build a large altar, a copy of the altar to be built at Jerusalem. Well, when the rest of the Israelites heard about this new altar being built, they became truly incensed, angry, assuming that the eastern tribes were rebelling against the clear instructions of the Lord regarding the central location for national worship events. They basically said, we've got to put a stop to this immediately. And a delegation headed down to the Jordan to confront the rebels which they assumed them to be. When they got there, however, they discovered that things weren't exactly what they thought. The leaders of the eastern tribes explained, We didn't build this altar in rebellion. Instead, we built it as a memorial so that our future generations of our descendants and your descendants will know that we all belong together even though our territories are separated from the rest of Israel by the Jordan River. Well, that explanation satisfied the delegates, and they returned home to report that all was well. Well, as I'm sure you're aware, if you've read this story in the Bible, 
I've greatly abbreviated it and left out quite a few details here. And if you want to, you can go read it in its entirety in Joshua chapter 22, verses 1 to 34. But even so, there are several motivational factors here for us to examine as we look into our own hearts. The first of these is the need to belong. Now, without getting too deep into the weeds of pop psychology, the need for belonging lands right in the middle of Abraham Maslow's famous hierarchy of needs. Everyone needs basic things like air, water, food, etc. We also need a sense of safety and security, or we can't really do much of anything else until those are in place. Once those elements of our life are in place, however, we also need very much to belong to a group, a family, a club, social clique even, a political party, faith community, or any other grouping of fellow human beings that you can imagine. A group might be as small as two or three individuals, or it may be in, include millions. The size isn't important. Regardless of the scope, the point is, to be connected. Most of us truly want to fit in, to belong, to be recognized and accepted as part of a group, large or small. That need may drive us to make tragic decisions, as country singer Johnny Lee sang many years ago in his signature song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. The ancient Israelites instinctively knew this, they knew that their long-term existence as a nation in the new promised land could not survive if they didn't stay together. And sadly, their subsequent history tells the tragic story of national disintegration when they lost all those important connections. But the Bible tells us that the truth shall make you free. And this is really the next one in our list of considerations that help us to examine our motives. A friend of mine who was a student of Dr. Edward Heppenstall quoted him as saying in class, quote, The mark of a mature mind is to withhold judgment until all the facts are in, end quote. <laughs> and oh, how often we jump to conclusions before we know all the facts of a situation. Well, the heads of the Israelite tribes west of Jordan, together with their religious leaders, assumed the worst when they heard about those rebel tribes east of Jordan building a forbidden altar. They were immediately ready to lead the armies of Israel into battle against their brothers, whom they assumed to be in violation of the clear instruction from Yahweh. They were driven by the ideal of preserving the integrity of the nation's loyalty to God regardless of the cost in bloodshed, national distress, or wasted lives. As Christian believers in our here and now, it is often too easy for us to base our thinking, our decisions and actions, on unverified assumptions or on emotions of anger, excitement, or misplaced loyalties. If we are to live the abundant life of witnessing for God as His ambassadors— which is our calling, it's vitally important that we make choices intelligently and with as much information we can gather. Otherwise, we run a serious risk of misrepresenting him, perhaps presenting a less than attractive picture of our God, the God of agape love, forgiveness, and amazing grace. 
Fortunately, in this story from ancient Israel, someone had the wisdom to suggest, maybe we should go ask those tribes why they are building that altar down by the Jordan. Well, certainly by the grace of God, they decided to send the delegation first, and the result was restored confidence in the loyalty of those eastern Israelites. Which brings us to our next consideration for what motivates us, and that is loyalty. So I have to ask you the question, who or what holds your greatest loyalty? In the story of those ancient Israelites, both sides of the impending conflict were fully loyal to the new nation of Israel, while one side did question the loyalty of the other side for a time, Nevertheless, the apparent problem of the moment was solved by wisdom and understanding. Obviously, it may not be possible to resolve all potential conflicts so nicely, but as a general principle, a gentle answer deflects anger and harsh words make tempers flare. This is from New Living Translation of Proverbs 15, verse 1. If warring parties basically agree on common values, usually it's possible to work out perceived differences and move forward in restored harmony. So a major consideration about loyalty for Christians is balancing our supreme loyalty to God and His purposes in the world with the many allurements the world offers us. We might be motivated by the lure of fame and fortune, fun times, lust, political power, righteous indignation, failing health, looming deadlines, or a host of other demands. We can think we have total confidence that we're doing whatever for all the right reasons when, in fact, we may have once again fallen into the trap of choosing self-loyalty or group loyalty or worldly goal loyalty over our calling of complete primary loyalty to the God of heaven and the principles of his kingdom. So this takes us then to the next one of our considerations today, and that is our personal values. It really all boils down to what are our personal values? What is most important to us, mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually? In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve chose to value the taste of forbidden fruit over loyalty to their Creator. In complete contrast, Jesus, in the wilderness of Judea and in the Garden of Gethsemane, chose loyalty to the Father's will to accomplish the divine purpose of redeeming Adam's race. Jesus was victorious where Adam failed. Jesus chose self-sacrifice where Adam had chosen self-indulgence. Jesus chose suffering, pain, and loss as the price of man's salvation, where Adam had chosen an empty promise from the arch-deceiver in the hopes of gaining access to the power of secret knowledge. So we must ask ourselves this question, what or whom do we value the most? An honest, no-holds-barred inventory of our inmost soul must be done. And when we do that, we discover that indeed, every one of us is included in the statement, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 
Well, if that were the end of the story, we could only despair. All roads lead to the Babylon of humanistic achievement, but ultimately they end in destruction, decay, and death, because the devil's promises are empty wind. But God does not leave us hopeless. Thank God for that. Jesus was motivated out of agape love to choose the way of the cross to accomplish our salvation. Agape love is revealed as the greatest motivational force in the entire universe. Agape love begets agape love. And as we choose God's love, it is reproduced in our own soul, motivating us to greater loyalty, larger service, and better living, all for the glory of God and the benefit of others. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I pray you have been blessed. I hope you can join me for next week's episode. I'll be sharing some thoughts about spiritual fruitfulness, looking at Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. So be sure to tune in. And if you enjoy these podcasts and blog posts, please share with your friends, your family, or whomever. And certainly, again, my many thanks in advance. So we've come to the end of this episode of the Good Life News Podcast. If you would like to comment or join a conversation about today's content, please visit our website at www.goodlifenews.life. I'd love to hear your thoughts and observations. On the website's blog page, you can also find a complete transcript of the most recent episode, which will always be posted at the top of the page. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. If you'd like to help out in this ministry, it's incredibly helpful if you'd leave a nice rating or review on your platform of choice. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next week as we continue our journey exploring more about God's love, His amazing grace, and the incredible good news of the everlasting gospel. Until then, walk in peace, live in hope, and hold your treasures with open hands.